You're listening to the Passion and Perspective podcast with your host, Jonathan Robinson-Lees. Welcome to the latest episode of the Passion and Perspective podcast. Today, we chat with rock climbing photographer, Jared Anderson. Jared is an adventurer with an ingrained drive to push human potential Jared has long chased thrills and endured the suffering that adventure sport offers. From ultra trail running to high altitude mountaineering, skydiving and multi-day endurance events, Jared has immersed himself into anything that takes him well beyond his comfort zone. For the past three years, Jared has been capturing rock climbers amidst their wild yet picturesque ascents. It is a hobby driven by passion, fun and adventure. Please enjoy the latest episode of the Passion and Perspective podcast. Jared, welcome to the Passion and Perspective podcast. Thanks, Jonathan. Good to be here. Jared, you described to me that as a rock climbing photographer, you're addicted to the wild, adventurous and challenging photo shoots. What is it that gets you hooked to rock climbing photography? Uh, for me, it's, an, it's a hobby that ticks all of the boxes. For me personally, um, I find it creative and artistic, but also adventurous being in those locations, um, as well as technical as well, like the rope craft, the access, understanding the equipment, being safe on the rock. Um, and so all of those things together, as well as like the social side of things, um, you know, friends with climbers and being able to have a, be a part of the community. Uh, are all things that I just love about this particular hobby. I think another thing is that it's quite small as well. It's quite niche. So there's not a huge uh, community of rock climbers and then the rock climbing photographers. Uh, there's only a handful of those uh, in Australia. Um, and so all of those things just make it really interesting for me. You tend to be drawn to the big adventure climbs. Why is that the case? I think my main objective is to to have an adventure myself and not just take an awesome photo of climbing. Um, and so when you go to sports crags, like the, the easier access crags where people are just doing single pitch climbing, um, you can get some really good photos of hard sports climbers doing, doing hard moves. But for me as a photographer, it's not that exciting. I'm sort of, I just go up five or 10 meters. I just hang on the rope. I take a lot of photos and then down I come. Whereas the, the adventurous locations, I'm having just as much fun in a different way as the climbers are. And it's, it's far, more, far more challenging, but also more rewarding for me as well. So whilst I don't, uh, like I do sometimes do the sports crags, mostly for social reasons, the things that really get me excited are the, the big climbs, the big rope access, um, technical photo shoots where... I'm having just as much of an adventure as the climbers are, but in a different way. How do you go about balancing that, Jared, where you, you're trying to have an adventure yourself, but you also know you've, you've got a job to do. You know, you're there to, to get the shot, to grab the photos. How do you balance that ability to step back and look at the amazing scenery and, and just immerse yourself into it, but knowing that there is a task at hand? Well, for me, it's, it's strictly a hobby. Um, I, I'm not a commercial photographer. I do it for the love of it and for the fun of it. Um, I don't sell my photos. And so whilst there is a task to do, um, 
the priority is for all of us, including the climbing partners, to have a, a fun time and a great time out. Um, and so the balancing act is, is sometimes a little bit difficult because sometimes the best shots are, are actually quite easy to get from a, from a location point of view and a physical point of view. But I kind of want to go to this hard and difficult spot and wrap down and use technical access to, to get there because I just find it more fun to do for my own hobby. And so sometimes I'll sacrifice a good shot for a fun day out. And I know that the better photo would be just standing on the ground with a long lens and getting a shot. But um, for me, that's not as exciting. So I'd rather do something that's a bit more challenging and difficult. So like to your question, where's the balance go? Well, the balance goes to the fun side of things at, at the cost of perhaps a better photo sometimes. You've been actively climbing and photographing for a number of years now. What enabled you to combine those two passions? Was it a prompt from a friend? Was it you just discovering something new? How did you combine climbing and photography that first time? Uh, well, I'm a terrible rock climber. Um, I think that's quite well known in the community as well. Um, it's like, it's like uh, an analogy would be you love the sport of footy, but you can't play yourself. So you become a coach or something like that. I love, I love the idea of rock climbing. I just can't do it very well myself. I get really scared if I'm lead climbing. So I, I started out doing um, a, a really popular entry-level climb called Sweet Dreams in the Blue Mountains. It's grade 14 or 15. And it's kind of the L plate climb where when you're just getting into outdoor climbing, that's the one that you go on. And I really enjoyed doing that. It wasn't hard for me, but I didn't want to progress any, any harder in rock climbing. And so I was running out of people to sort of do this climb. They'd, they'd go through the climb with me and then they'd progress onto more difficult climbs and I didn't want to do that. So um, climbing photography enabled me to go to the really wild locations, hang out with really awesome climbers and just good people in general, but not just hang out and just, just socialise, have a job and have a task to do as well. And I found that when I first started to do it, I was really, really quite terrible at, at rope management and getting the shots but everyone was really supportive and i had a lot of fun doing it and i could see future potential there so i just progressed with doing it and now people often ask you know why do you why do you spend the day doing photographs and not climbing um because i really wouldn't have it any other way that's that's the way i would much prefer to spend my my adventure days out um capturing the photos and hanging on ropes was there a realisation or a moment in time, Jared, where you realised what you were doing had potential, even, even as a hobby? Did, did someone give you feedback? Was there positive comments? How did it kind of uh, get uncovered, uh, your, your skill set? I think the very first time I went out um, was a shambles in every sense of the word. Um, I, my output, my photos were terrible. The way in which I went about getting photos was bad in terms of rope access. The way in which I approached climbers to, to get photos of them was, was terrible. And yet the feedback from the people who were at the crag at the time was amazingly supportive. And so I found that even though I know this is terrible, I'm, I'm, I'm really, it's a poor output. Um, everyone's like, good on you for having a go at something and looking, sort of progressing with your hobby and, and trying something new. And so I was, I suppose I was inspired that even though I know it's not, I'm not doing well at the moment. Um, the community uh, are sort of behind you, even though I don't, I don't know these people personally. They were like, absolutely, have a go, have a crack. 
good on you, good luck. Um, and so I knew that I knew that I could progress with it with the support of of most people. Whereas if I was kind of expecting people when I showed up and I, I explained I wanted to try and like I haven't done this before, but I want to try and get some photos. Um, I kind of thought some people would be frustrated and annoyed that I'm there. I'm like in the way and I'm sort of um, distracting people, but, but no one was like that. Everyone was really supportive. And that gave me just the right amount of confidence for me to sort of progress with it and continue with it. How important is that for any creative? Do you think, Jared, you know, we've had Adam Williams on the podcast and he said the same thing that part of the, the challenge is overcoming that, internal voice that your work isn't good enough how important is it just to whatever you're trying to do put it out there the first time and then learn as you go i think if you're starting out i think it's really really required um because if you're just first starting out like i was um you you are quite nervous you know you're nervous that one you're you're doing something very different to what the majority of climbers are doing um, you are in, you're an impact to them as well. You, you're sort of you're a distraction, um, or you you change the environment because you're capturing it. Um, as well as um, you are you're not keeping your photos for your own personal use as well. You are going to share them publicly, and so when you're first starting out, if you if you criticise or you hear negative publicity or people at the crag are, are sort of frustrated by your presence there, then I reckon that would be the end of a lot of people's creative journey um it would have probably been for mine as well because you just felt so out of place um but myself and with aiden and i know with other people as well um you don't have to be an expert um on your first day people will give you a lot of leeway and a lot of support you, you probably can't stay like an amateur for very long you need to sort of get your systems sorted pretty quickly but you do have that grace period to start with where you can find your feet and, and see if it's something that you do want to progress with as well. Jared, for you, the, the regular adventures and the photography are really important to you. You know, they're part of your, your livelihood. Why is that so important for you to, to build that into what you do week by week? Uh, I think I'm just an adventurous spirit. Um, I, but before getting into climbing and photography, my, my goals were kind of like to have an adventure every 18 months, whether it be sort of mountaineering in Bolivia or doing like Kokoda trekking or climbing in New Zealand or in the Alps. Um, and I could only ever sort of afford the money and the time to do that every 18 months or, or two years. And it was, it was too long between drinks, basically. I needed something that was a little bit more frequent and a little less overwhelming. And so I did free diving and scuba diving and trail running and ultra trail, ultra marathon running and hiking and bushwalking. And I was sort of, and then and rock climbing was kind of like one of the, the later ones to, to, that I sort of looked into. And I liked the idea of rock climbing. I just wasn't a very good climber. I liked the idea that you go out with friends and you'd have a little mini adventure that took a day or half a day, and then you could go back home. And it wasn't this epic 12 months preparation for a, a one month trip. Um, and then it's, you're done and you sort of have that big letdown of after you've you've completed that, that uh, adventure. It's, you know, another two years till you get to do it again. But being able to do it every week or every other week um, just scratches the itch for me. And I, I find it very therapeutic. I find it good for my soul, good for my mind. Um, it's what consumes my idle thought as well when I 
not busy with family or work and I'm just thinking about things, I, I'd often think about planning another photo shoot. And I, I get great enjoyment and great pleasure out of doing that, which sounds a bit odd. Most people would find that tedious, but I, I like the, the problem solving that's involved with preparation for a, a more complex photo shoot. Well-renowned local climber Tom O'Halloran mentioned on this podcast that for him, he deliberately tries to make happiness part of his you know, regular routine, that it doesn't kind of culminate in one big happy event, that it's part of his day-to-day life, similar to what you've just explained there. Have you noticed that that shift in mindset to making it a regular thing to get outdoors, is, is that correlated to other parts of your life where you've got a more positive mindset? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, for me and my personality, it's if I don't sort of burn that creative energy in some way, it's probably not not healthy for me. Um, I don't think it's overly detrimental, but I just find it very therapeutic to be able to to burn that energy. It makes me happier when I'm not involved in it, like the the off time, I, I suppose you would say, when I'm not um, doing climbing things, to know that I've exhausted myself physically and mentally in a day, and then I've got two weeks to to not have to worry about it for for a little while, and that makes it. Um, that makes it quite nice. And I think that that happiness, making happiness a part of your life um, is often what resonates throughout my photo shoots as well, is that the end goal isn't to get a perfect photo. The end goal is to have a, a fun day out with the side benefit that you might get some nice photos. And, and if that ever flips to be we're having a miserable day and we're not getting along and it's time pressure or just not working, not gelling for whatever reason, but the photo comes out well, um, I'd probably change something. I would either work with different people or not have such a challenging photo shoot to mean that the happiness factor is higher up on the priority and and because uh, that's just, that's what it's about for me. That's the end goal, happiness. Probably leads well into the next question, Jared. It, it might surprise people that you know you work day to day in finance, yet out on the weekends and in your spare time, you're, you're exploring the wild world. Has has there been a consideration? You hear about that trapeze effect, where you know you you do something to earn a living, and then you slowly make your way towards your hobby becoming full time job and, and paving that as a career. Has that been a consideration for you? Because your your photos are incredible, and you, you've got a great following. Have you considered pursuing this as a career? I've been asked many, many a times um, and uh, I, I would never want to make this a career. One, it's not many people would pay for, for climbing photos, um, but also I, it's a hobby. It's, a, it's my, it's for, for rock climbers, it's kind of like, I guess that's a bad analogy because rock climbers would happily get paid to rock climb. But for me, I don't, I want this to, to be my side pleasure happiness thing and money actually makes it far more complicated as well. So I'd rather keep the money factor out of it as much as possible. This is the Passion and Perspective podcast brought to you by Sporting Chance Media. Jared, you grew up in Clarence in the Greater Blue Mountains and you went to school in Lithgow. What was the role of the great outdoors in your childhood? I'm embarrassed to say not, a, not as much as it should have been. Um, I, I, I grew up in the mountains and there's bushland 
And we did a little bit of bushwalking, a bit of camping um, growing up. But it was only once I got into rock climbing um, that I found these amazing locations that are really close to my childhood home. Um, and I, I say embarrassed because it's like 15 minutes away and there's these beautiful locations that I never knew were here until I got into the climbing community. Um, so, yeah, otherwise a, a fairly standard uh, school and upbringing, a uh, little bit of uh, adventure in the surroundings, but not, not really until I got into the hobby did I sort of see the true potential of the Blue Mountains and how beautiful it is. You touched on before about, you know, exploring different uh, adventures, the ultra trail running um, and things leading up to the rock climbing. Can you, can you pin that sense of exploration back to anything in your childhood? Can, do you consider, you know, we are parents big on, I guess, promoting freedom and creativity. Do you think there's a correlation? No, not really. They're not overly adventurous people. They've traveled and they've done sort of a bit of stuff here and there. But if you looked at my <clears throat> adventure portfolio, I guess you would say over the last 15 years, it doesn't look like I've come from them. Like I'm not their, their product because it, it started out. I think the first one was I did the Kokoda trail when I was 20 years old. And I was, I found that to be something I was really excited for leading up to it. And then when I did it, I was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. I just, I love these adventures. It's like a holiday, but you, it's, it's strenuous and you feel really satisfied after you've done it, but it's a beautiful location and there's history there with the Australians, the Anzacs and the second world war. And it sort of ticked all the boxes for me as I could go and sit on a beach in Hawaii and that's good. I've done that. I, I, I like that. Or I could go and do these adventure trips that are much more rewarding for me. And so I, I sort of started to head down that path and it, it, it create it snowballed into like high altitude mountaineering and trekking and trail running and scuba diving and free diving and um, skydiving as well. Um, licensed skydiver. But the problem was they were all um, quite logistically difficult um, and not something that you could do sort of, you could come up to the mountains, visit the parents, bring the family up, go and do a quick mountaineering trip and then be back for dinner. It wasn't, didn't really work that way. Whereas rock climbing and the, the photography hobby really fits into my lifestyle. And so that's why I can do it quite frequently and why it's so easy for me to do as much as I do. You mentioned satisfaction there when you referenced the Kokoda trail, but the satisfaction is applicable to all of those activities. What is it that makes you satisfied? Is it, is it the proving yourself wrong is it proving others wrong is it pushing yourself to the limits what is it that you think drives you in the, in the sense of adventure it's certainly not proving anything to anyone um i don't think i've sort of proven anything to anyone um but it's a bit i do it's hard to say out loud but i kind of like the suffer um and i think if you look back through especially the trail like the ultra trail running like 250k run through the simpson desert it really is basically five days of suffering and whilst i was in the depths of doing it i was like this is a terrible idea why did i pick this as a hobby afterwards you get that run as high i was like oh that was amazing that was great and you achieved something that you didn't think you could do and i i like that suffer i guess masochistic sort of you know, it's got to be tough and it's got to be hard, but on your own terms, you know, you, you've, choo you've chosen to, to sort of suffer in this way. And I get great 
satisfaction out of that. And I think a lot of my photo shoots, um, I'm, I'm carrying enormous amounts of rope into sort of locations that are not the easiest places to get to. And it's, and the, the end result of all of that effort is a photo and most people give a thumbs up online and, and go, yeah, that's a great photo, but they don't sort of see all of the effort that's involved. And if I was doing the photos for the social benefit, like social media benefit or the thumbs up or the likes, the, the deal is terrible for me because the reward is, is, is nothing other than your friends going, that's a good job, which means a lot to me, but the actual effort um, is part of the enjoyment, which sounds really messed up. I, I'll, I'll admit that it sounds a bit weird, but I, I enjoy it. I think it's, I think it's great. And there are a bunch of rock climbers who, who hang out at sports crags and they really wanted to do hard grades and that's great. And then there are a different type of rock climber who want to do the adventurous climbs and maybe they're not the most challenging grade, but the, the day is challenging. And, and I sort of, as a photographer, there are photographers who like the, the gray crushes and there are photographers who like the adventure climbing. And I, I'm squarely in the adventure climbing um, kind of camp because for me, I think that's the best day out, really. Just reflecting back again on some of those incredible adventures, you know, 250K ultra trails, free diving, high altitude mountaineering. What's next? You know, if you consider what's out there in the world, is there something that's, just kind of dangling the carrot and saying, you know, Jared, come and come and give this a crack. What, what's out there for you? I don't know. There's no plans. I think I was actually always searching for rock climbing photography. I just didn't know it was rock climbing photography. I was, I was looking for uh, something that I could do frequently. I had a community. It was as hard as you wanted to make it. Um, and, and so that's why I'm so satisfied with rock climbing photography. And I, I love the community. And I love the, the location as well. It's my, my home. So it ticks all of the boxes for me. I might not do it as frequently as I've done it in the past, but I think I'll still do it for a fair while to come. I haven't burnt through that hobby just yet. Whereas in the past with like free diving, I, I kind of went in pretty strong and as in like I really dived into that hobby and kind of burnt myself out pretty quickly because I just sort of went too fast, too hard. Whereas with climbing photography, I think there's a lot of life left in that for me yet. Jared, how do you feel when you're out there with the rock climbing photography, you know, grabbing that shot and just, I guess, immersing yourself into the experience that is the Blue Mountains? How do you feel in that moment? I feel like uh, you, you're almost like in another world because if you're not a climber or a climbing photographer, um to be dangling on a rope like 100 meters on a rope and the wind is blowing you around and sometimes you're spinning around in circles and you you're 100 meters off the ground uh and your only way out is to climb this rope that you've sort of put there yourself uh it's you it can be quite lonely but also thrilling in a way and so um, I often have a GoPro on my on my helmet. I share that through my Instagram as well. I mean, I, I, when I first shared that, I thought, oh, this is a bit silly. It's sort of like the behind the scenes. But I got a lot of feedback from, from the community that they're like, oh, we really like to see how you're operating the equipment and operating the ropes. And so I do that a little bit more often just to try and share how it feels to be out there. But but really, until you you do it, you it's it's hard to comprehend 
that kind of feeling. And I, it's thrilling and scary and potentially risky and technical and, and a lot of hard effort. Um, but unless you've ever done it yourself, you, you can't really man- imagine the feeling. But yeah, I, I think it's amazing. It does sound very surreal and, and quite frightening at the same time. How, how do you go from, say, a Sunday afternoon, you, you're out there 100 metres up, you're shooting a climb, and then the Monday you're back to work. Is this any kind of come down from such an amazing adventure? Um, I'm generally pretty exhausted afterwards. Like, and you know you've had a good day when your arms are really sore and your back's quite sore. But for me, I can extend the, the high of that day um, through the photos. So I, I get a bit of a high when I'm in the moment taking the photos. And that's a, that's a half day experience generally for me. It's multiple hours of, you know, being in that zone. And I find that, uh, you know, enjoyable for the vast majority of it. Um, but then I can share the output of the day and it can, it can sort of get a second win through social media, mostly through the rock climbing community in the Blue Mountains. And then on Instagram as well. So I can, I can get enjoyment from that day for, for weeks, um, really. And I'll often look back at photos from previous shoots from a year or two ago, and it still brings me happiness when I, when I look at that photo because the, <clears throat> the moment uh, I took the photo is ingrained in me looking at the photo. And so I know, oh, that was, I was getting blown around with the wind or there was, a water, there was a waterfall and I was getting soaked or something like that. So... Yeah, I, I can, I get great enjoyment out of looking. I get, I love looking at other climbing, uh, climbing photographer photos um, just out of respect for their work. And I just think it's amazing. But to look at my own photos, it, it brings back a tangible memory of the day. And that, for me, that's, that's great as well. Looking at the relationship with the climbers, because no doubt that's a crucial part to, to how the day runs, but also how, how your photos come out. Is there much discussion before the climb starts with you and the climber about different shots or different areas, or is it kind of just winging it, so to speak, and then just being up there and then just waiting for that right moment? Yeah, there's a fair amount of discussion. Um, I don't, some photographers do posing, like they ask their climbers to, to pose in a certain spot so they can get the perfect photo. And I totally respect that. That's, um, that's how you get the best output. If you, if your goal for the day is to get a really good quality photo. For me, I don't do that. I'd rather just <clears throat> have fun on the day, but I do need to communicate if it's someone, say yourself, Jonathan, if we were going to go and climb and do a photo shoot, I need to explain to you how we're going to set it up, how, where I'm going to be and what I'm going to do, just so that I don't surprise you and so that we're on the same page and we're both safe. Um, so there's a fair amount of communication to make sure that um the day runs smoothly um yeah it's not something that you i don't reckon you should ever just sort of show up and um do a climb with some people without some sort of ground rules about how the how the day should run mostly from a safety point of view would you consider do you think that's probably the hardest part of the rock climbing photography was picking up on the intricacies of it and the unwritten laws and the way people operate was is that a tricky thing to pick up aside from the technical stuff? Yeah, I suppose even though I <clears throat> say that I'm not a climber, um, so anyone who will ask, um, I have actually had some climbing experience in, in the past as well. So I do 
understand the mechanics of climbing and I understand how the climbers, especially in multi-pitches, how they operate and how they communicate. Um, nowadays as well, <clears throat> I'm much better at reading body language for a climber um, and also reading the rock as well, knowing where a really difficult part of the rock is. And I know this particular climber climbs roughly this grade and I can, I can sort of see that this is quite a blank section of rock, so they'll struggle there. And so I position myself slightly above it to sort of get the angle. Uh, whereas when I first started out, that was something that I probably probably had poor awareness of is at what part would make the best photo. Whereas that's that's improving constantly, but I'm much better at it now than I was originally. But yeah, um, having a mountaineering background, having a really bad climbing background uh, is, is required, I think, because you need to know what climbers are thinking and what they're doing and, and sort of how the process would would unfold what is your proudest moment jared in terms of your best shot and what made it so special i think it's with your friend jonathan uh, josh mckenzie actually josh and uh paul thompson out at hanging rock and it's there's no great major achievement it was a very popular and very viral photo i guess it was shared a lot through through social media but for me, it was just a really fun day out. We were constantly laughing, telling jokes. Um, the logistics, which I, I sort of planned the logistics and it was quite a full day. We were doing two climbs and it was out at Hanging Rock and I had multiple ropes for, for one climb and then a different set of rope setup plan for the second climb. And the day basically went perfect to my, to my plan, which I was slightly surprised about, but also very thrilled that it all worked out. And... Yeah, there's no great achievement. It's not like a one on the water or anything, but I just, I just thought it was a great day and really fun and it ticked all of the boxes. You know, the social media really appreciated the photo and it was just, yeah, a really fun day out. And so I was, I was quite, quite thrilled with how that all unfolded. But yeah, in terms of did I ha do I have a photo, a photo that won an award or was printed on a front cover of a magazine? No, <laughs> no, I don't. So that would be nice, but, you know, not really the aim of the game, but yeah. Jared, you mentioned earlier that rock climbing, it's a bit of a niche field, almost a bit of a sacred thing, as are many outdoor adventure activities. Have you faced any resistance as a photographer where your job is to take a photo and I guess broadcast that to people to show both the amazing climbs, but also the amazing scenery. Have you faced resistance from within rock climbing about you being there to photograph those moments? Uh, a little bit, yeah, um, early on as well. Like I've got a pretty good relationship with the Blue Mountains rock climbing community now, but when I was first starting out, there was a little bit, it was a, bit, it was a minority, but um, there were a few people who were cautious about publicizing areas and perhaps making them more uh, popular. And I, and I totally understand the concerns there. Um, and there's also a factor that I need to keep in mind about um, development of climbs within the Blue Mountains as well. And so I've, I make sure that if I'm going to take a photo of a person doing a climb, it's an established climb in an established climbing area, not, not some new area that might cause concern for for other people um so i i sort of established some sort of loose ground rules early on about if you've developed a new climb in a new crag 
in an area that that's not really established and you come and ask me to take photos of you, I'll be like, no, nah, we just got to be aware of the community, got to be aware about the publicity. So I, I mostly stick to established areas to make sure that I um, don't step on anyone's toes because I'm, I'm really a guest of the, the rock climbing community. Um, although I'm a, a public figure, I guess, because I'm sharing a lot of content, um, you, you've got to do it with their good graces and with their respect. And so um, I, I think that they, the community trusts me to make the right judgment about what is, a, what is okay to share and what's not okay to share. And there have been a few occasions where I've captured a photo and I thought it's an amazing photo, but the person's doing something that's not technically correct in terms of, like, for example, really long runouts where if they were, were to fall, they could potentially really hurt themselves. Uh, in in area like they've they've sort of traversed into an area that they really shouldn't have gone around the crux of the climb, so they've sort of missed the hard part of the climb. And I'm like, ah, uh, so I just haven't shared those photos. I've sort of shared it privately with the the climber involved, but I haven't publicised it because it's could potentially cause some some people to be upset. And so yeah, I'm I'm always cautious of that. I want to make sure that I do well for the community and am a positive influence in the community um, and I would never want my photos even though I think it's great to sort of cause harm to anyone else and so I, I keep that in the front of my mind when I'm planning a shoot and it's also something that I don't have to worry about too often but I every now and then I, I sort of catch myself going this is a cool photo but I can see some potential publicity concerns and so I, I, I reserve that from, from sharing it online. When you look at the world of rock climbing, we've seen probably rock climbing step out into the mainstream a bit more of late with you know, films such as The Dawn Wall with Tommy Caldwell or Free Solo with Alex Honnold. Do you look at those things positively that rock climbing as a sport's been kind of show, showcased to the masses a bit more? Yeah, overwhelmingly, I think it's a positive thing. There, there is the counter argument that this is this cool secret sport that we know about, so don't share it too much. Uh, I don't really abide by that too much. I think it's amazing. Um, and the more people who are involved, you know, the, the better it is. There is a, um, like a crowd problem, I guess, but that's every sport has to deal with that. Where I, where I operate and the photos that I take as well, you're never going to get huge crowds there. They are the, the access requirements are high enough that it'll keep a lot of the, the entry-level uh, participants away from those areas. Um, but, yeah, if more people get into rock climbing, I, I just think that's, that's amazing. I think that's, that's positive. It's such a great sport. There is a, there's a bit of a concern about climbers who are in rock climbing gyms and they, they become really strong in a rock climbing gym and then they immediately think that because they can climb a grade 25 in the gym, they can climb a grade 25 in the outdoors. And that's a big concern. Um, I, I cringe sometimes when I see some things on social media where they're doing that exact scenario. And I'm like, it's a whole different world out there. And that if you can crush in the gym, just start, go with someone who knows what they're doing, learn the ropes, don't worry about grades, just, just be safe, take it easy to start with. But there are people who want to really push the, the grades quite quickly in their outdoor career. And I think that can be a concern, but 
Yeah, to your question, do, do those films, are they positive? The Dawn Wall, yes, I think it's an amazing human achievement. Free Solo, again, an amazing human achievement. Be concerned if it would encourage people to climb without a rope. I, I hope no one thinks that they could get into rock climbing and just start by free soloing or soloing. Um, I don't think anyone would do that, but would it encourage other people to solo more? Perhaps. Um, it's such a wild thing to do, such a crazy thing to do. Um, yeah, I guess there are, like, overwhelmingly there are positives, but there's a few little negative things you've just got to keep in mind as well. This is the Passion and Perspective podcast brought to you by Sporting Chance Media. Joe, growing up in the Blue Mountains and now being out there showcasing its beauty, you know, with some truly spectacular spots, but very, very unique spots, you know, in the National Park. Do you take pride in that? Do you see yourself as a bit of a, I guess, patron in terms of broadcasting the beauty of, of the mountains to people? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm immensely proud of it. Um, it's my home. Um, and you don't really need to do much either to to showcase the beauty you you just hold a camera up take a photo and the, the landscape basically speaks for itself so some of our climbs uh that i've photographed haven't been photographed before as well um a lot of them there's been no professional photographer that's gone through and and captured a photo there and so i'm it feels like especially when i'm swinging out on a rope i'm, I'm seeing this perspective for the first time as well and to be able to share that and the beauty just speaks for itself. It's just, it's, um, you don't have to do anything to the photo other than just share it and, and everyone will go, that's amazing. That's a beautiful location. So I think I do, I do take a lot of pride in it. People often say, uh, why don't you go to such and such location? Cause there's great climbs there to photograph. And I'm like, well, there's about 1500 climbs or, or even more in the blue mountains that are amazing that I haven't photographed yet. So uh yeah there's there's plenty of opportunities here i should do some more in other areas it's just logistically so easy for me to do it here in terms of family and um got a house up here and i know the community so it's quite convenient for me to keep coming back to the same stomping ground you mentioned before joe that the perfect shot doesn't necessarily exist and especially your approach of you know not, not doing anything staged you're very much about i guess capturing the moment in time do you tend to dwell on your, your photographs a lot? Are you quite critical of your own work? Yeah, a little bit, especially when I'm in the moment. I know that I could have, if I, I could have been 20 feet to the left or right, I could get a much better shot. I tend to not do the same shoot twice as well. So you really are working it out on the fly. You can try and plan as much as, as, much as possible using uh, topo photos. So, it's only once you're actually there do you realise um, what the setup should be and what the perfect angle should be. Um, so I am quite critical of my own photos, but I don't, I don't really dwell on it too much. Um, again, it's, it's for the fun, it's for the hobby. If I had like an editor who I needed to present them to or sell them to, maybe that would be a different story. But at the moment, it's just for my, <laughs> my own enjoyment and my friend's enjoyment. So we're not that critical. But yeah, if I could go back and do shoots again, um, the vast majority, I would, I would change at least something small about them just to get a slightly better shot. 
what has rock climbing photography taught you? What, what's been a change in you as a person as a result of, of taking this on as a hobby? I mean, I think the social, the social side of it's more amazing than I expected coming into it. I kind of thought I'm really going to enjoy the technical rope access. That was the main driver for me to get into it. I, I like being in the amazing location and I like swinging around on ropes and playing with all of the rope craft. But the friends are, are above and beyond what I expected. Such an amazing group of people. And it's, it's probably the, the same for any other hobby. If you... If you're at a, another party and you met, if you were really into four-wheel driving and you met someone else who was into four-wheel driving, but yet you'd never met before, you've got a bond, you know, you've got something to talk about and you can share stories. It's like that with climbing. It's like that with any hobby or sport. Um, you can meet climbers and you're, you're almost instant friends, um, even if you haven't met before. So that was a bit of a, a surprise. But in terms of learning things, um, just risk management safety as well there's no there's no second chances here i've got to be so so careful um for example climbers often focus on their their own personal safety and for me i have to focus on my own personal safety but i also have to focus on their safety as well because i'm above them i'm often in locations where people have never stepped before as well so if i put a footstep there I may knock rocks or sticks or or dirt, and if that if a little tiny little rock hits you from twenty meters up, it could really hurt if not kill you. So um, I've got to be so precious and cautious and risk focused um, throughout this hobby because whilst it's fun and we all have great time looking at photos and social media. If you hurt someone, it becomes unfun very quickly. And then, then it becomes a rescue effort as well. So um, there's a very serious side to this. It's not something to, to muck about with or underestimate the, the type of location that you're in. Because if you, for, for a lot of these shoots, if you needed to call for help, it would be incredibly difficult for even the experts to get to you and get you out you know so you've got to be self-sufficient and you've got to avoid problems at all costs because um it, it would just be a nightmare to be honest if it if someone got really injured and we had to do a rescue um yeah i just like i'm prepared for that in some ways because i use an industrial harness and i have rescue equipment so i'm not using rock climbing equipment i'm using industrial equipment so I can help in some ways, but it's better to avoid those problems uh, in the first place. Have there been times where you've been genuinely scared for your safety and even said, you know what, I'm not going down that path? No, not genuinely scared. From, I mean, I've been nervous and sort of a bit concerned. Um, and it's because I'm paranoid about ropes being cut by rock. So a rope is really, really strong. If you hang off it, you could hang a car off and it'll hold the weight, no worries. But you could get a small serrated knife and cut through it very, very easily as well. So whilst their tensile strength is really strong, their cut resistance is really poor. And in the Blue Mountains, we've got ironstone blades, like plate sharp edges. And if the rope rubs on that for too long, you'll cut through it quite easily. And so... I'm a bit of a nervous Nelly when it comes to looking after my ropes and looking after edges um, because you don't, 
if you're 100 meters down and your rope is hanging over a sharp edge and the only way for you to get out is to climb the rope every time you climb the rope the rope moves and it, it can just act like a knife um so yeah i'm i i've never had like life and death fear like fear for my safety like critical um concerns but i do i do take a lot of worry about how i set things up and make sure that i avoid those catastrophic incidents in the first place jared what advice would you have for a person who's looking to start out a hobby you know not just rock climbing photography but anything as a hobby what advice would you pass on to them just to kind of get things going and get things on its way uh, i think start small i think um, start small and um don't don't be surprised if you don't get a great result up front you know you might need to persevere with that hobby for a little bit and you might need to um sort of develop your skills before it before it gets any good because um myself like a lot of other people when they get into a new hobby they, they're kind of looking at the experts they're looking at the jimmy chins um of the world and saying oh, i love what he does i like his output and i want to i want to sort of emulate that but you're probably not realizing that there's decades of experience and progression that's built up to it so if that's your goal that's fine just don't expect that output on day one um, start small expect it to be pretty crappy but persist with it for a little bit um, and then see if it's a true hobby that you really want to get into yeah it's been an amazing life to this point jared full of all kinds of adventures and all, all around the world do you take the time to deliberately pause and reflect on your journey to this point um i do get a lot of enjoyment out of thinking about past adventures um and for me, photos are a great sort of memory book as well. Um, I like, even before I got into rock climbing photography, I would, on say Kokoda, I took a lot of photos and I've, I've got them on Facebook and I'll look through those albums every now and then and it brings back good memories. So um, I, get, I get enjoyment out of doing that. I think I'm, I have a, a connection to visual media as well. It sort of stimulates the memories quite well. Um, and I've always liked to take GoPros or action cameras with me when I'm doing hobbies, not to share with anyone else, um, but just to, to revisit that memory for myself. So, yeah, I do reflect on a lot of things um, from time to time, just in my idle thought. I've often thought that if, when I think about my first climbing photo shoots, that they feel like years and years ago but it's actually probably only three years ago like other but to me it feels like it's 10 years ago and, and i think the reason is because all of the adventures between that first that first one and now there's been heaps there's been i think i counted it the other week i've been on 85 photo shoots over three years um so it's a lot compressed into a small time. And when you think about the early ones, it feels like a lifetime ago. And Jared, do you believe in life that we find ourselves or that we create ourselves as people? Do you think the path is just laid out and we just live it or that every decision we make in our life shapes where we end up? I'm not sure. I mean, I can't speak for anyone else, but for me, I kind of go on gut feeling a lot. Like when I'm, I'm tackling a new hobby, you kind of know early on whether it's right for you. 
And I think if you're, say, if you're a younger person, I think you should try a vast array of different things and find out what you like. Um, if your friends are doing mountain bike riding, that's great to try that, but also try different things, even things that you think um, might not be enjoyable to start with. Like just give it a go and see and see how it goes. Because a lot of my hobbies um, were great to start with, but sort of fizzled out pretty quickly. And with climbing photography, it was a hard day. That first day was really hard and not technically not successful in any stretch of the imagination. Yet at the end of it, I was like, this is pretty cool. There's a lot of learning to go on, but I could see myself. And, and basically I said, I'm going to give this another few days, like another couple of tries. And, and by the third day of doing it spread over a couple of weeks, I was like, yeah, I really do like this. I'm going to sort of lean into it a little bit more and see where it goes. And I, I really only expected it to last perhaps six months. And yeah, I'm three years into it now. And I, I think I just love it to bits. So yeah, my advice to young people is whether you think the path is set out for you or you've got to find it, um, I think the actions are the same is you've got to try a bunch of different things and, and see what resonates to you. Um, yeah, see what you, what calls you because you might not, it might not be obvious to start with, but once you get into it, you, you'll probably know. When you mentioned there that it's not obvious, if you threw back to say your teenage years, was this ever on the horizon, do you think, being a rock climbing photographer? No, it's ridiculously off the horizon because I was afraid of heights, like really bad, petrified of heights. Um, so much so, like I used to work at the power station um, when I was 20 years of age and they had a really tall shed, which was like a 150 metre tall shed. And you take an elevator up into the top of the shed and then you'd walk out onto this see-through platform. And I was petrified. I had to be dragged back into the elevator because I was, I was stuck there. Um, and so to think that I would be swinging around on ropes 100 metres um, off the deck is the furthest thing from where I thought my hobby would be. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's funny where, where life leads you. I think the fear factor is also the, the thrill factor. If I was completely indifferent to, to heights it wouldn't be thrilling whereas for me it was like this this like getting it was real adventurous and an adrenaline hit when i was doing it but it was quite scary sort of just keep pushing at that um it got easier and easier and more and more fun and i now i think it's amazing and great i really i really love it but did I think that I'd be doing this when I was a teenager? Not in a million years, no. You touched on before 85 climbs in three years. It's an incredible I guess, rate of adventures for you. What does 2022 have in store for you, Jared? Uh, much of the same, I'd say, um, in terms of photo shoots. I'm starting to get more, like, less, less frequent but more more technical with with the setup um i find that really fun to be able to do quite advanced rope setups but not just for the sake of doing a complex rope setup to try and get in a position that i think would make a really cool shot that's things that i really want to focus on um, a little bit more in the the coming months but i don't really have a grand plan of like list of clients that's kind of 
seeing who out there in the community is doing what and if that resonates with what I would like to shoot um, and whether we can logistically get it to work out. Um, I'd love to do Tasmania um, as well. Hey, a couple of friends want to go to Tassie and I'd, I'd like to, to do that. Um, I've been to Tasmania, but not on a climbing trip or a photo trip. So that if that, with COVID and how that's all playing out, um, hopefully we can do that. But yeah, you know, nothing committed at this stage. And Jared, how do people find out more about your great work and check out the photos that you've taken today? Um, it's, there's two main places that I share my photos. It's on Rock Climbing in the Blue Mountains Facebook group. Um, so that's where I sort of publish my photos that I'm, I'm releasing. And then also on my Instagram as well. Um, uh, that's they're the two places that I share my photos. Um, or if I've taken a photo of you, just send me a message and I'll send you a copy of it as well. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, they're the places that I share my photos on social media. They do end up reshared a lot as well. So you might see a photo on Instagram that's mine um, on another page as well. Um, and most of the time, the vast majority of the time, it's just other pages sharing your content without asking, but they tag you and they credit you. And for me, that's, I'm fine with that. I, I don't mind at all. So you could see content, you know, anywhere on social media and it might be mine. Um, yeah, that's just how it gets out and about. Jared, thank you so much for sharing your inspiring story on the Passion and Perspective podcast. Wishing you all the best. Thanks, Jonathan. It's a great time. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Passion and Perspective podcast. The Passion and Perspective podcast is made in loving memory of Katie Margaret Lees, who truly lived with passion and perspective.